Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wittenberg Radio Live Christmas Coffee House Gala. Welcome here. This is going right to tape, so if you want to relive any moments from tonight, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice comes right to your phone. We are CMU's most subscribed to podcast, so jump right in on the train. My name is Nolan Kaler. And I'm Nicolene clausen We. You can also visit us online, wittenbergradio.com. Find us on Facebook, we're at Wittenberg Radio. Twitter, we're at Wittenberg Radio. And wittenbergradio at gmail.com is the place to send us your comments, questions, listener concerns, favorite Christmas recipes, because I'm lacking for those, and any other general inquiries you might have. Your thoughts and feelings. Please send those. So... Well, we are so incredibly grateful to be out here tonight. Uh, thank you to the Arts and Entertainment Committee, Tara and Esther and all their committee. Uh, thank you for putting on this amazing thing and for allowing us to host a show and to also be part of this. So we have a ton to be grateful for this year. Our sports teams are doing well. The women's basketball team, I believe, still undefeated going into the holiday break. Yeah. Right on. Loving that. And papers are done. And there are only a few short weeks before we are officially out for the holidays. Thank goodness for that. And lastly, we are grateful for faculty and instructors who are not unionized, meaning that we will never have to worry about a strike. Uh. (laughs) Hang on. I got a knock on wood for that one. Hang on a second. Good. We have a great show coming up. Uh, for you tonight. Later tonight, uh, Peace and Sustainability Committee co-head Rebecca Penner will be up here to tell us all about her visit to uh, the United Nations uh, with MCC in New York uh, to talk about peacekeeping and humanitarianism in Haiti. Also on the show today will be Laura Carpreys, uh Faith in Life Committee head and RA Emily Hamm joining us to talk about what it's like protesting and shutting down Portage in Maine during rush hour. Our columnists will also be here uh, to weigh in on some of the last months Uh, more pressing issues, and of course, you guys will be be providing music and dances and all sorts of things for us. We are so stoked for all of that, but first up, we have a real treat for you here tonight to kick off tonight's musical portion. Hailing from Edmonton, Alberta, her first EP, The City, was praised for its blend of pop, R&B, and soulful melodies. She also earned herself an EMA nod for People's Choice Award. She also frequents the Red Piano Bar, if you ever make your way out to Edmonton, to the West Edmonton Mall. You've got to pop by and watch her do some of that sometime. It's fascinating work. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please get it up for our first performer this evening, Miss Maddie Allen. Wow, thank you. That was such a nice introduction. Merry Christmas, everybody. Woo! Woo! Uh, we're so excited to be here tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, a few of you may know, this is Graham Lever. Uh, round of applause for him. He will be joining me on piano this evening. And we're just going to sing a few of your Christmas favorites. All right. Thank you. 
Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make your heart be light. Next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here's we are as an olden day, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, they gather near to us once more. Through the years we all will be together, if the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon a highest bough, and have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Here we are as an olden day, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us, they gather near to us once more. Through the year we are, we'll be together if the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough and have yourself a merry little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Now. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Maddie Allen, ladies and gentlemen. She'll be back with us a little bit later on in the show. Man, that's a great way to start off, hey? Fantastic stuff. There you Amazing. go. Amazing. So we have covered this on our show for you. Uh, regular pe people who regularly listen to Wittenberg Radio know this, that we've covered uh, this story a couple of times now. But this week, we saw a major breakthrough in the protest efforts of the Standing Rock Sioux Nation. For months, members of the nation, along with environmental activists, have been protesting the Dakota Access Pipeline, which would be built uh, underneath their water supply. This has sparked outcry from indigenous activists, environmental figures, also sparked lots of debate on social media. Yesterday, the word came down that the US Army Corps of Engineers denied a key permit needed for the pipeline's construction, a major victory for the Sioux Nation. Um, protests stretched all the way, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> the protests actually stretched all the way here to Winnipeg with hundreds of people blocking off Portage and Maine during rush hour. Two CMU students were part of a larger CMU contingent uh, at these protests. Laura Carpreeze is a third year PACTS and BTS student here at CMU, also serves as one of Stuco's Faith and Life Committee heads. Emily Hamm is a third year communications and BTS student, what? fourth year. You've been here that long? Yeah. <laughs> Nolan, you're old. I know. My memory's going. Yeah, it's okay. You're also an RA. I am. Welcome here. Hey, thanks, it's, Nolan. It's awesome to have you guys here. So what was your reaction of us both, uh, aspects of both of you? 
What was your reaction when you heard the news about Standing Rock yesterday? Uh, honestly, I was pretty hyped. Um, I, I woke up in the morning and I took my intentional time away from my screen and then I took my time intentionally on the screen um, <laughs> and I looked at the news and I, <laughs> I, I had to run out of my apartment and find someone because I was so excited about it. Um, in part, I feel like it's not really my thing to be excited about, um, but it's just, it feels like a really cool thing, especially to hear after we were kind of a part of it in some really small way. Totally. How about you, Laura? Yeah, and I think part of what makes it so exciting to hear that is kind of something hopeful in light of also seeing that Justin Trudeau just approved the Kinder Morgan pipeline. So it kind of gives hope that efforts can be stopped still after they've been approved. That was unnecessarily negative, eh, Laura? <laughs> we don't need to bring Sorry. that up today. There we go. Oops. <laughs> don't want to be too positive here. That's, that's okay, true. Balance it. We're not at Christmas yet. Still an advent. Um, so, so tell us what it was like to stop traffic at like one of the most iconic intersections in Canada. Uh, it was filled with anger, I think, <laughs> was the, was the biggest thing. Talk about spreading negativity. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, so, like, we were really excited because we were, we were getting the word out. We stood kind of on all of the corners at the edges of Portage and Maine. Um, and, then, and then it got to people in the streets and to um, police coming, and they blocked off all of the roads leading up to Portage and Maine. Uh, and so then we kind of spread out, and we were at all of those police stops at the different intersections, um, which was really cool and really fun and really, um, it, felt, it felt really big to be able to do that, but there was a lot of people who really wanted to be able to, you know, drive through Portage and Maine. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were some of the reactions that you had? We had a lot of people, so we had like signs that said, um, honk for Standing Rock or like water, we were yelling water is life and a lot of people were honking and like joining in the chants from their cars. A lot of people on buses were waving and smiling. And there was there a bit was of anger. swearing and the certain fingers put up. I won't yeah. say which. <laughs> and unwanted pinky fingers never a good thing. No, you know, I just, and some people, thumbs up just way too much. <laughs> too much positivity. Yeah, that's yeah. We need it's to be thing, serious. It's a good thing you're balancing this out. Yeah, no, it's good. What was one element, uh, well, how about this? Have you ever been to a protest before? Yes. That was my first protest. Well, tell wow. me about that. What was it like, Laura, to be at your first protest? Um, well, I'm a PAX major, so I hear my profs telling me that I should be at protests a lot, and I hear about a lot of protests that are going on, so it was kind of a good, finally I, I did it. And we spent a lot of time talking about how much do you need to know before you can go to a protest? Um, how much do you need to be um, involved directly in the issue? How much do you need to, I don't know, are, am I capable enough to be at this protest? So kind of to go was like, okay, I've decided that I'm going to go and I'm going to learn more and I'm going to commit to being a part of this in some way. So it was a really good, a good place to be in and be around other people who care very deeply and bring you into that with them. Mm -hmm. Was there a part of the protest that surprised you, you or Emily? Something that maybe you weren't expecting? I, I was um, frustrated in a, I was surprised in a frustrated kind of way um, with how effective the police were at making our, our um, efforts negligible, right? Because like, if you're at the corner of Portage and Maine and the police stop all the traffic so none of it is coming past Portage and Maine, suddenly <laughs> everything you're doing is useful or useless until you like, go and like, regroup and figure out what you're doing. And it was just like, oh, look, they actually they, they know how to deal with us. Um, and it was, yeah, it was one of those things where I was just not expecting it to so suddenly feel so useless. 
before yeah. we figured out what to do next. Last question to both of you. Uh, for those of us who come from the rural uh, Mennonite backgrounds, like these wonderful, sheltered, good little Mennonite kids. Uh, who no one, that's you. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm asking for a friend over okay? <laughs> okay. Um, if, uh, so for someone who's never really taken any part in civil disobedience before, uh, that are maybe thinking about getting their feet wet in the protest world, what would you say to them? Maybe, Laura, this is a good one for you as well, because you just, you just went through that. Well, what we found out when we were there is it's all legal till you step off the sidewalk. So that's kind of where we started. And then when people started stepping off the sidewalks, then we kind of had to evaluate where we stood, quite literally. Yeah, we had our little um, moment where it was like, <laughs> as soon as we were stepping off kind of the boulevard, we were like, like from this point on, hypothetically, we can get arrested. And then we we're like, okay. And we stepped <laughs> off the boulevard. <laughs> We want to thank you both for joining us up here and telling your stories here this evening. Emily Hamm and Laura Carpreeze, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was so much fun. Thank you. So we're going to take this opportunity to plug another committee's efforts here tonight. Uh, Witness Through Service uh, is doing a hygiene drive in support of North End Family Center. Uh, there's a donation bin over by the Christmas tree. I there think, should isn't be. It? Oh, it's over it's by, by the, the plow. plow. Okay, great. Yeah, right over there. Uh, if you have any opp opportunity to donate to this drive, please consider taking the time. Um, and donors get free Blau Rock drinks. So Ooh. if you want that, it's, it's awesome. It's smelling really good and it looks great tonight. Uh, also, for those of you in res, uh, there's the Christmas after party, uh, which gets underway whenever this is done. You can head up. Yeah, hey. even if you're not in res. But it's in the, I think, I believe it's in the, the art gallery. gallery. The Heritage Gallery, yeah. Ooh, so come on out to that. That will also be a wonderful time. Let's get some coffee house acts, shall we? Yeah, so we're going to start off with uh, three acts tonight. Uh, this is how it's going to work. Uh, we're going to list three or four acts at a time. Uh, and I've talked to you guys, but you guys will come and get ready. Um, and then you guys will just run without announcement in your groups. Uh, so for our first group, we have Amelia Paul doing a song. Katie Newman doing a song, and Laura Dirksen doing a dance. Give it up for them. All right, so um, I'm going to be singing a song from Over the Rhine's Christmas album called Snow Angels. Um, uh, this song is called All I Ever Get for Christmas is Blue, and chances are pretty good that I'm going to forget the lyrics, so... We'll see what happens. <laughs> Strings of lights above the bed, curtains drawn and a glass of red. All I ever get for Christmas is blue. Saxophone on the radio, recorded 40 years ago. All I ever get for Christmas is blue. When you play my song, play it slowly 
like I'm sad and lonely. Maybe you can solve my mystery. Wrap me in your arms and whisper, you miss me. Weather man says it's miserable, but the snow is so beautiful. All I ever get for Christmas is blue. It would take a miracle to get me out to a shopping mall. All I really want for Christmas is you. Won't let them ring the bells, they won't miss us. I'll be drinking down your kisses. Deep into the night, we'll go stealing underneath the starry ceiling, revealing white lights on a Christmas tree. Thank God you are here with me. All I ever get for Christmas is blue. All I ever get for Christmas is Hi. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm going to be singing a song that I think Bob Dylan wrote originally, but then Adele did a cover. And I think that it's a little bit easier to sing like Adele than Bob Dylan because he kind of talks, and I don't really know how to do that. <coughs> Unless I'm singing about wetlands, apparently. <laughs> um, <coughs> so, yeah. Hopefully, you guys feel the love. <laughs> shadows and the stars appear and there is no one there to dry your tears I could hold you for a million years to make you feel my love I 
never do me wrong. I've known it from the moment that we met. No doubt in my mind where you belong. I'd go hungry, I'd go black and blue. I'd go crawling down the avenue. No, there's nothing that I would. you feel my love the storms are change up blowing wild and free you ain't seen nothing like me yet i can make you happy make your dreams come true <clears throat> nothing that i wouldn't do go to the ends of the earth for you to make you feel my love to make you feel my love thank you okay maddie allen that's a pretty tall order you got to top there i mean to, to be fair, we did see Chuck Norris bouncing like an entire human Christmas tree as we were walking in here before. So there's really, did you miss that? Yes. There was Chuck Norris was doing the splits in between two airplanes, and he balanced a whole bunch of like guys with oh. lights on them. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. That was great. So I mean, we're operating under we're operating under pretty. I did see that. High standard here. So yeah, this is crazy. I'm uh, this is my first year, and like these these sorts of events that you guys put on, I was was telling Nolan this is this is wonderful. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy to be a part of it. Um, how's everybody feeling so far? Yeah. Right. Christmassy? That was beautiful. Uh, those last three performances were wonderful. Um, so Graham and I are going to perform a bit of a favorite of ours, and hopefully of yours as well. Um, this is Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos 
Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe helps to make the season bright. Tiny, tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is going to spy to see if reindeers really know how to fly. been said many times, many ways. Merry Christmas to you. Graham Lever, everybody. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and lots of goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is going to spy to see if reindeer, if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. And although, although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much. Maddie Allen, ladies and gentlemen.
Another treat that you um, regular listeners to the show will know is that we monthly have columnists drop by to weigh in on the latest goings on in sports, culture, and, you know, whatever Isla Manning wants to bring to the table. We just typically just put it on the air because she's that great. And we'll hear from her a little bit later on. But first, we'll be hearing from our sports columnist, Jason Friesen, here, comm student and, oh, now I forget, third year? Fourth year. Fourth, see, man, it's a, it's a thing. Fourth year <laughs> comm student and starting setter on the CMU men's volleyball team. Welcome here, sir. Thank you, thank you. It's awesome. You look, fa you look fabulous tonight. Oh, as do you. You look, all look fabulous. I mean, gosh. <laughs> wow. Everybody's dressed up to the nines. So, a uh, gift for hockey fans, I understand, going into the Christmas season. Absolutely. We're, uh, we're getting a 31st team in the, in the NHL this year, uh, or next year, sorry. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Not just Knights, the Golden Knights. Um, oh, dear. We'll discuss that a little bit, maybe. <laughs> why, why, why Golden Knights? Well, um, I've heard Golden is because uh, the state of Nevada is the highest producer of gold in the United States. So I suppose there's a bit of a tie there, but... It is a mouthful, nonetheless, and everybody's just going to call them the Knights anyways, so maybe there was copyright issues, too. I don't know. Maybe. One too many Knights in the world, maybe? I don't know. Could be. And why not go with something like about gambling? Well, Something that you know Vegas for. I know, like Aces, very tempting. Right. Bla Blackjacks or something the like that. Ooh. Like, tempting names. Right. But the NHL actually did not allow them to, to name themselves anything to do with gambling because they're like, well, this is an NHL team. We've got to be separate from that. Can't have any be. betting not on going sports. To be. what the heck? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, and I understand that perhaps. Uh, so, what the way that how does this work then? How do they get players? How do they get anything to get started? Well, it's a bit of an interesting process. So they have the they have their team name now, and uh, they've got an arena ready to go. They've started hiring uh, people for their front office, their general managers, and that kind of stuff. But now to get the players, uh, they have what is called a, it's, it's a draft. They basically get to choose one player from each NHL team that is already existing. Um, and there's a whole lot of crazy stuff going on with that. Teams get to pr protect certain players, so they're not going to steal any Sidney Crosbys or anything like that. But uh, they'll, they'll steal the most mediocre players in the, in the league. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick Laine is safe for now is what you're saying. Patrick Laine will be safe for now. We'll probably lose... Uh, a name that most people here might not even know, like maybe like a Matthew Perot or something like that, nice. or a Drew Stafford. Okay. Some of the mediocre that guys. That might be the way to go. So that's something that we have to watch out for next season. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because everybody's gonna be losing a player, but um, yeah, they're gonna be another another team. It's gonna shift the schedule a bit for everybody. Another team in the league. So sure, it'll be really interesting. We'll have to watch out for that. Thank you, sports columnist Absolutely. Jason Friesen. The other finely suited man you see sitting before you is Kenji Dick. I'm not even going to try and say what degree you're doing now, because apparently I'm just like, what am I, one for three so far? <laughs> I'm doing calm. Hey, there you go. It's a, it's a good program. That's you learn about the, the businesses of media. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is great. It is, it is good. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, no problem. So we understand that uh, there's a new Star Wars film coming out in the next couple of weeks. Yes, yes, there is. If you have been paying attention at all to YouTube ads or in the theaters, you may notice that Gareth Edwards' Rogue One, a Star Wars story, will be coming out very, very soon. This is in part to the whole new Star Wars franchise that Disney has acquired, and now they're releasing a new Star Wars movie every uh, year. So this is uh, pretty uh, exciting or pretty dreadful um, if you hate franchises, but here we are. 
So basically, I wanted to talk about today was about CGI because what is, C what is CGI? Before we get any good question, actually, <laughs> CGI is computer-generated imagery, and basically, what it is that it's a special effect within movies that where you see, like, say, a giant monster on screen that was produced by like an animation studio from a computer. So essentially, I want to talk about CGI today because, as we noticed in the new Rogue One movie trailer that there is a lot of CGI. And Star Wars has been recently been known for their use of CGI, particularly, let's cut back to 1999, when episode one, The Phantom Menace, came out, and, it was no, and that was the first big film that had loads of CGI in it. And a lot of people's reaction to it was, ew, this is disgusting. I don't want to see Jar Jar Binks on screen, and I don't really like all the CGI on screen. I don't want to see Jar Jar Binks at all, for the record, but that's okay. <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> Um, but anyways, the thing, is about, the thing is that a lot of people were very concerned about, the CG, about CGI and, were, and there has been recently a yearning to go back to practical effects. Why don't we go back to the days of Jurassic Park, to the day of the thing, you know, to days where people like, actually made the stuff on set and conveyed it as real, right? Why can't we just go back to that? Why does everything have to come out of some soulless computer and it's just so cheap and knock off of Hollywood, you know? But actually... <laughs> It's not uh, that it's, soulless. It's, it's someone's channeling. I think it's maybe one of these chairs that's just channeling all the negativity for the evening. That they're just. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just trying to be trying to be engaging. You're making good. You're making good radio. Okay, good. Oh, that's good. I'm a bit relieved to hear that. Um, but the thing about this this CGI, I wouldn't say is soulless. So first of all, I think the CGI that we tend to notice a lot of movies tends to be bad CGI. So we'll see something that is not clearly very good and we'll tend to complain about it. But actually CGI is everywhere and like in every movie ever, even in small independent films, uh, more so than you think. A, a shot of an airplane that you might see in a movie, despite the fact looking really real, is actually CGI. Um, when you see like just like, we're really good at water effects now, we see a lot of water. We even see like actual like people, like like extras, for example, like extras now have been way cheaper because a lot of them are conveyed through CGI, and m many people don't even notice that it's CGI. So CGI actually has been very subtle, and the only CGI that we have been noticing and ranting about for the most part is really bad CGI. So why is it that we tend to rant about these bad CGI movies? I don't think it actually has to do a lot with the CGI itself. I think it actually has to do a lot with the storytelling of the movie itself. So remember Phantom Menace, remember Jar Jar Binks, yeah, that wasn't a really great movie. It was pretty stale, it was pretty weird. They tried to explain the force with like weird Metaclorian like cells in the air that just kind of ruined it for me. Um, but the thing is that- Not to mention Jar Jar Binks. Not to mention Jar Jar Binks. But then remember last year's Star Wars movie, which used up a lot of CGI as well, just as much and perhaps even more. Yet, I didn't hear people complain about the CGI in that film. I think that the reason why is because J.J. Abrams, the director of, the Star, of Star Wars The Force Awakens, managed to convey a good story a story where we can invest into the characters, understand the characters' motives, understand what's going on, and also care about what's going on. And because of the fact that we have that connection, we are ultimately engaged in story. CGI fulfills its purpose in that it becomes invisible. It becomes another tool in communicating the story. See, I think a lot of people like to make a big deal out of bad CGI, and there's always this yearn to go back to the good old days of practical effects. And don't get me wrong, practical effects are awesome. Mad Max last year was a great example of that. But CGI, in the end of the day, like screen cinematography, like editing, is another tool in the filmmaker's belt to tell a story. And ultimately, it is the story that is going to convey a good movie. Um, just b before we let you go here, what are you most looking forward to about Rogue One? Well, um, that's a very good question. Um, I like the director. He's, Gareth Edwards, I'm sorry, this is my cinephile 
self-speaking. I don't know how many people know about Gareth Edwards, uh, but he was the director of the Godzilla film in 2014. I personally liked it. I know a lot of people didn't, uh, but it was it was very good. It was very good at scale. And from what I can tell from the trailers, I like the tone of the film. There's a very dreadful tone here, especially from that first teaser. And I think there's going to be something quite engaging for not only for like Star Wars fans, but I think for just general audiences. And I think. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Not to mention Felicity Jones is like a very good actress, and also Mads Mikkelsen is a very good actor. There you go. Go see Rogue One. The endorsement of Kenji Dick is here upon you. Thank you so much for joining us. Kenji Dick, our culture columnist. Thank everybody. you everybody. Thank you both, gentlemen. Awesome. Well, it's time to hear some more from you guys here. So we have our next Coffee House Acts. Uh, coming up is Aaron with a song, The Marigolds with a song, and uh, Zachary with a dramatic reading, and Patrick with a song. So give it up for our next performers. guys. All right, well, introductions. I'm Erin, I'm going to sing a song. Um, I am going to sing a mashup that I did. I heard some people on YouTube sing these two songs right after the other, and I thought, Challenge accepted, I'm gonna put them together. Uh, I just pray that I remember the words. And forgive the strings, because they're always going out of tune. You know what, I'm not gonna touch it, I'm gonna mess it up. All right, the two songs are I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2 and Stand By Me by Ben E. King.
Rebecca, and we are the Marigolds. Um, <laughs> we would like to dedicate this uh, cult classic to our dear friends Emily Hamm, Nicholas Wilms, and Joya Raynar. girls in the bathroom talking who they gonna take to the sadie hawkins my ears are burning but i kept on walking smile on my face and air guitar rocking sadie hawkins dance in my khaki pants nothing better oh 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 girls that's the guys always a surprise nothing better baby do you like my sweater of my next class napping gotta give a speech bow to the clapping told a funny joke got the whole class laughing think i got a tan from the left i was basking sadie hawkins dance in my khaki pants nothing better oh 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 girls ask the guys always a surprise nothing better baby do you like my sweater Scan the cafeteria for some good seating. Found a good spot by the cheerleaders eating. The quarterback asked me if I like a beating. I said that's one thing I won't be needing. And since I'm rather smart and cunning, took off down the next all running. Only to get stopped by a girl so stunning. Only to get stopped by a girl so stunning Said you're smooth Good with talking Go with me To the Sadie Hawkins Sadie Hawkins dance In my khaki pants Nothing better Oh, oh, oh Girls ask the guys Always a surprise, nothing better, baby. Do you like my sweater? Sadie Hawkins dance in my khaki pants, nothing better. Oh, 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 girls ask the guys. Always a surprise, nothing better. Do you like my sweater? a story to tell you. A few years ago, I was at my book fair at my elementary school, and I happened to come across this 
interesting book entitled A Porcupine in a Pine Tree, A Canadian 12 Days of Christmas. So now, I am going to read an excerpt to you. So, on the first day of Christmas, Canada gave to me a porcupine in a pine tree. On the third day of Christmas, Canada gave to me three beaver tails, two caribou, and a porcupine in a pine tree. Now, on the fifth day of Canadian Christmas, I was given five entire Stanley Cups. Four calling moose, three beaver tails, two caribou, and a porcupine in a pine tree. On the seventh day of Christmas, Canada gave to me seven sled dog sledding, six squirrels curling, five <laughs> entire Stanley Cups, four calling moose, three beaver tails, two caribou, and a porcupine in a pine tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, Canada gave to me nine loose canoeing, eight Mounties munching, <laughs> seven sled dog sledding, six squirrels curling, five Stanley Cups, four calling moose, three beaver tails, two caribou, and a porcupine in a pine tree. On the 11th day of Christmas, Canada gave to me 11 puffins piping, <laughs> 10 leaves a-leaping, 9 loons canoeing, 8 mounties munching, 7 sled dogs sledding, 6 squirrels curling, 5 Stanley Cups, 4 calling moose, 3 beaver tails, 2 caribou, and a porcupine in a dang pine tree. Finally, on the 12th day of Christmas, Canada gave to me 12 cubs a-dancing, 11 puffins piping, 10 leaves a-leaping, 9 loons canoeing, 8 mounties munching, 7 sled dogs sledding, 6 squirrels curling, 5 Stanley cups, 4 calling moose, 3 beaver tails, 2 caribou, and a porcupine in a pine tree. Yeah.